0: On today's episode of Out of Office Bros., we're discussing championship weekend. See you both men's and women's basketball and NFL coaching changes. This is Out of Office Bros. Let's see. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another special edition of Out of Office Bros. It is your boy, D-Train, along with my co-host, Mr. Scotty L. How are you doing today, pal?
1: Well, D-Train, I know we're going to get into it, but um, the Chiefs won. Yep. So uh, one may say I've been better, and also I, I have to be better myself. Um, a quick error slash omission from last episode. I incorrectly identified Batemo as a Rocky supporter. That is not the case. Batemo does hate the the Monfort family. So I, I just want to be clear there. I was going
0: with That's big of you, Sharp. Big of you to that. apologize, man. Big of you yeah. to apologize B- there.
1: Batemo, B- I, I owe you that. Um, I, I was just too high noons deep at that point. I got my Michaels. For those of you that don't know, we have a Michael as in Batemo, and we have also have a Michael as in Shalom Sharp. Shalom Sharp loves where the Rockies are at because Shalom Sharp is a Dodgers fan. So he is perfectly happy with the shit show that that franchise is. Batemo hates the Montford ownership, so.
0: Babe, my, but loves, my but apologies. But loves the Rockies and wants to get it on track just like we do and agrees with us about boycott opening day.
1: He does. He is a very adamant supporter of boycott opening day. So,
0: Well, let's get into championship weekend, man. We've got a game going on right now. As we are recording, uh, you have a flight to catch on Monday. So we decided to hop on uh, here and post our episode a day early, but currently the Detroit lions are up 14 to nothing on the San Francisco 49ers in the <laughs> NFC championship game. Um, something very cool that the city of Detroit has done is that they sold tickets to their fans to go into their stadium to watch the game. And they sold out every single available seat in that stadium for this watch party that they're doing. So they keep showing cuts of the fans that are at um, Ford field. And it is super cool to see. It's basically like they're there in a way um, because they're all the fans are just getting up and rooting every time something good happens for the Lions.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's awesome. That's one great thing in sports that you see a lot of teams do, primarily on the you know NBA and NHL side of things. You'll always see those kind of watch parties at the venue. Honestly, it's a cheeky way for the organization to make money because they'll open the show sure. store, they'll open concession stands. They'll make they make a lot of money off of that.
0: They but, did sell they were selling tickets for only twenty bucks though.
1: Yeah. They they threw twenty bucks out there for the ticket cost. I'm pretty sure the abs and the nuggets did the same pricing. Yeah. Um, it gets a lot of people in, it gets people excited, and it's always more fun to watch a game with a group of people than you know, alone on your couch. Like when it's your team when you're really invested, it's really fun to be around other fans like that. Yeah, so, awesome thing and what a great day for the city of Detroit right now. Like Even just being in the NFC Championship for them has to be amazing if you're a Lions fan.
0: Oh, absolutely. The Lions are the only team to have been around in the 58 years of the Super Bowl era to not be in the Super Bowl. Like, sorry, they're the team that, like, has been around the entire time that hasn't made it. Does that make sense? Like, because obviously we've had franchises get added in throughout the years that haven't been to the Super Bowl. But the Lions have been there the entire time.
1: Does that include with like relocated teams like, uh, you know, Cleveland to Baltimore or Indy or Baltimore to Indy? Does that
0: go? I I would have to dive into it a little bit more, but I do not think that it includes the relocated teams.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would because then Baltimore.
0: Indianapolis has made it. Baltimore has made it. Yeah, Yeah. But but Detroit has always been in or the Lions have always been in Detroit. And 58 years have yet to be in the Super Bowl, and they are well on their way in this one. I don't want to jinx them, but being up 14 to nothing with 50 seconds left in the first quarter, pretty dang good.
1: (laughs) With two Uh, absolutely dominant drives. I mean, mm -hmm. and it's been on the ground. Goff has not thrown that much yet. He will. I mean, Goff has gone over 275 yards every playoff game. The vast majority of the season, every game he's thrown for over 275 he, he's been outstanding, but right now he's thrown seven passes, five of seven, 51 yards early on. That's, I mean, that's great. But granted, a lot of that was like, you know, a Jameson Williams kind of just being electric or David Montgomery, those little check down passes, which Mir gives as well. Um, Sam Laporta just hit 100 receptions in his rookie year. Most everybody Crazy. was a tight end. Um, he needed two going into the day, and he's got two now. He's a beast. What I would do for a tight end like that on the Denver Broncos, man.
0: Well, and that's that's part of the part of something that I wanted to talk about today is, is that mock drafts have been coming out for the Denver Broncos already. And they have us taking a quarterback at the twelve overall position, which I don't necessarily hate, but we haven't been aggressive to go out and try to find a player that is going to be as dominant as a Sam Laporta. Um I just I like we drafted Noah Fant in the first round. We drafted Greg Dulcich in the second round. And those two guys were supposed to be the ones that were going to be the stalwart tight ends that were going to stay with our franchise and help in their success, but they just Greg Dulcich can't stay healthy. And Noah Fant wasn't as good as advertised.
1: No. And I mean we've we were even trying before that. We had Jeff Howerman, Jake Butt, like, mm-hmm. there was a string where we took a Big Ten tight end in, like, every fucking draft. And just somehow, someway, none of them panned out. I don't know how that's possible.
0: You know, yeah. the, the, the Jake Butt draft pick, though, like, that was a fifth-round flyer on a guy that was coming off of an ACL injury that was the most dominant tight end in college football. Yes. That one I understand 100%. It's like, if he can get healthy – He's going to be a guy. Game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then, like, Jeff Howerman. Right. Uh, um, Albert O. Like, I think that was just doing Drew Locke a solid. Yeah. No fan was a failed prospect, to be perfectly honest.
0: I kind of want to make fun of the um, the media outlets out here in Colorado, uh, particularly the fan, because you and I have been talking about the tight end production or, for – Weeks, I I told you. I told you this when the season ended that the tight end position for the Denver Broncos was thirty second in production. The fan, the fan, didn't pick up on that until Andrew Mason wrote an article (laughs) that that was Mm -hmm. describing that. And I just heard them talking about it this week. It's like our season ended three weeks ago.
1: You and I have been talking about this since we were in the middle of the NFL season. I I think. Mm -hmm. We were, we were probably in the high 20s, or early 30s of our episodes here, and we're we're mid-40s, getting into the higher end of the 40s now. Like, I think I said that I want Brock Bowers uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like two, three months ago at this point. Yeah. And you and I have been on the We Need production out of that position on the field for God knows how long. I don't know how the local media... I mean, the fan is terrible anyway. Um, <laughs> not to start a media war, but if they want people who... You know, can pick up on that trend. I, I know two guys running a little little podcast right now <laughs> who gladly get paid to pick up on shit a little bit earlier than three weeks after the season when right. we all knew tight end
0: was a problem. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. Like I, I know that they talk a little bit more in depth about some of the other sports and that kind of thing, but still, I just, it, I just thought it was pretty comical when I heard them saying the same things that we have been saying for a few weeks now, they're just yeah. now talking about it. Even um, when their as and nuggets cover just trash. So. Yeah, no, not good. Not good at all. But uh, one game that did get wrapped up earlier today was the AFC championship game where, uh, Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And the Chiefs end up winning uh, to book another trip to the Super Bowl, their fourth in five seasons.
1: Yeah. Um, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, you know, I, I have a tinfoil hat conspiracy that I'll hold on to until we end, until we're. We, or done with our breakdown of this game. Um, that first drive, it, it set the tone. Like, the Ravens couldn't move the ball, and the Chiefs on their first drive marched down the field. Mahomes hits Kelsey on a beautiful pitch and catch. I mean, that, that was an undefendable play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was off to the races at that point. Well, I mean, relatively, the score ended up being 17-10. But neither offense was really prolific or what we've come to expect out of these two, because both defenses were also great. Niners scored, score. Um, yeah. but you know, there were some key moments in this game. Um, I think the officiating definitely did come into play a, a little bit. A little oh yeah. Bit. You know, there were some big missed calls. There were some big calls that I think are questionable. And, it benefited the chiefs. It did benefit the Kansas city chief. And we talked about that on the last episode of the crew they put on. There was notorious for helping the underdog and the visiting team in the playoffs. It happened, but Lamar was not superhuman Lamar today. He wasn't.
0: I do. I do want to talk about the taunting call that Zay flowers got, um, later was that the was that in the third quarter it was like late third early fourth yeah and it put it put the ravens in a very good position to to score and at that point they would they would have gone it would have been 17 to 14 so but so this game um went into halftime 17 to 7 and during that first half the kansas city chiefs completely dominated the time of possession 20, okay. 20 minutes and 39 seconds to 9 minutes and 21 seconds. The scores reflect that. And, and and we've talked about this agnosium. If you win the time of possession, you're probably going to win the football game. That right there, 17 to 7, makes sense to me when you look at the time of possession on the mm-hmm. field. Um, to give a player some props, Travis Kelsey, congratulations. You passed Jerry Rice for the most postseason receptions ever. Um, good for you. Um, and the second half just brought a little bit more of the same. The Ravens, despite holding the Chiefs scoreless in the second half, couldn't really get their offense going at all. And we'll, we'll go to that play that I was talking about. You've got to be smarter than that. You have to know. And I know that Zay Flowers is a rookie. But you have to know that in this big of a moment, in this big of a game, if you make a big play, you just have to get up and go back to the huddle. You cannot throw the ball down, stand over the guy that you just absolutely murdered on a route. I mean, it was a great route ran by Zay Flowers. There was nothing that Kansas City could do about it, and Lamar put it in the perfect spot for Zay Flowers to make a play. But you cannot allow those little breaks for a team like the Chiefs. No. Because they will take advantage.
1: They, they will, and they always have. and they're, they're a vet team who's been there and done it. They, mm-hmm. They've won a lot of playoff football games. And for Zay Flowers to, he, he cooked him like that. That was embarrassing for the Chiefs defensive back.
0: Embarrassing. And it was a safety. It was like it was like a soft was, cover three yeah. sort of thing. It was kind of weird. I don't know what a they really were doing. Weird defensive scheme.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a
0: really weird defensive scheme for that one.
1: Especially when you know that they've got to take a shot deep. Like right. Okay, cover three. That that makes some sense, but you can't let Zay Flowers be that open on a cover three, like you can't leave him against a safety almost exclusively. That, that just won't work. But yeah, Zay, he's got to be smarter than that. He can't get up and do all of the antics afterwards. Cause it it,
0: it pushed them back another 15 yards. Obviously at that point, you're, you're kind of in four down territory. I mean, I guess you could have taken the points but anyways, they get, they get down to the goal line once again, or down to like the nine and Zay flowers takes a catch almost crosses the plane and then a great play by, um, the, uh, Sneed. Sneed, Yeah. Willie Sneed came in and knocked the ball right out of flowers hands that had, and it resulted in a touchback for the chiefs. Um, just like those little types of things could have made all the difference in the world because you would have been able to one score faster because the defense would have been on their heels after that big play. And then maybe, I don't know. You you don't know exactly what happens, but it just, it opens up the offensive playbook. I think a little bit.
1: It does. And also with how your defense was playing that entire second half. I mean, mm-hmm. you, that's where you start wondering, like, could the ravens potentially Trickeration
0: by down? the by the lions. Jared Goff goes deep in and an incomplete. Oh. Um
1: God, I love the lions so much. Anyway, um yeah, Zay has got to hold on to the ball. Like yeah. Ball security's job security kid and you know, he had a great game. He was by far and away the their best player.
0: Outside oh, yeah. Oh, I, I would but say he played better than Lamar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that
0: but here's, he And here's why. What really did it was, is that in the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens were driving again. I, I took one look at a ball off of his hands, and I yelled, fuck. I knew immediately. Like, you watch enough football games, and, and, I, and I think that the majority of our listeners know what I'm saying here. And you just get a feel for what the defense is doing. And yeah. Lamar threw a pass up, and I said he. I I yelled "fuck" because I didn't know what else to say because I couldn't say he just threw it into triple coverage. It's going to be an interception fast enough. <laughs> yeah, and, sh- and 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 sure as shit, I it was picked off in the end zone.
1: Let me ask you this: Should that have been PA?
0: Um, I in I the think moment, it been. I yes, when they did the replay. You can see that the defensive back does hit the receiver before the ball gets there, but in the moment it was so fast and so close, I can, human error. I can see why it didn't get called.
1: I can see it if it was like you and I out there officiating that have never officiated a <laughs> football game in our life. I mean, NFL refs make like a quarter of a million dollars a year to do this, like.
0: It's your also their for part-time as, job.
1: Yeah, but your margin for error, as you get paid to do something, goes down in my eyes. Like mm-hmm. if you and I start getting paid to do this podcast, our shit better be on lock.
0: Yeah, we're not going to have any more technical difficulties.
1: Yeah, we can assure you of that. Like it, it just better be on. I won't mess mm-hmm. up the mic. I won't mess up the Michaels again. Mm-hmm. You know that those little things you you have to minimize them. And I thought the officiating was not very good this game, which is disappointing for a conference championship game. Um, You know, outside of the right guard for the Chiefs, Chris Jones, I think it was, he got a couple of holding calls. But in reality, the entire offensive line, particularly their left tackle, was grabbing the whole game (laughs) on Van Noy. Van Noy (laughs) was getting held like a motherfucker.
0: Yeah, Van Noy should and, have had easily
1: three sacks this game. And also that unsportsmanlike count penalty on Van Noy, oh, that man. was dumb as hell. That was, th- And I I don't think he should have gotten flagged for that. I think either you don't flag it at all or Kelsey was honestly the instigator in that whole thing.
0: And and in my mind, I don't call it at all because, ex- yes. because of exactly what you said. Like, yes, was Roquan Smith the last one to actually do something? Sure. But Travis Kelsey is for sure the one that instigated that in that moment. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the Chiefs defense really did play very good. I mean, to hold the Kansas City Chiefs to 17 points scoreless the entire second half, they gave their offense enough opportunities to try to win this football game. And the the Kansas City Chiefs defense, props to them, man. Th- this is the best they've looked. In any of the Super Bowl runs, I would say,
1: yeah, this is the best the Chiefs' defense has looked, while simultaneously the worst the offense has looked,
0: right? Um,
1: throughout their entire reign of terror, um, yeah. Do you want my tinfoil high conspiracy about what? Yeah, going?
0: yeah. So the game does end up ending seventeen to ten. Uh, like I said, Kansas City Chiefs on their way to their. Fourth Super Bowl and the fifth and five seasons. Um, yeah, what is your tinfoil hat con- conspiracy theory here? Here's the script. Doesn't matter who wins the NFC. Doesn't.
1: Does not right now. The Chiefs are going to win the Super
0: Bowl, mm. much to Ethan's pleasure. Yeah, closeted Chiefs fan, Ethan.
1: Uh, I'm not even sure how much he's in the closet about it anymore. I think he's just fully out and proud about being a Chiefs fan right now. Well, it's a season...
0: Broncos season ticket holder, Ethan. Yeah. Chiefs fan. Proud,
1: proud season ticket holder, we thought. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. A little disappointed. But Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift on the field what? after <laughs> the game. Because NFL gives a shit about viewership. That is all they care about. And what is going to get most viewership? It'll be the Swifties watching Taylor get engaged.
0: See here's um it's going to happen market market here's, right what, now. here's what I've been getting is that I I received several Instagram mes- messages, several texts after the Chiefs won that they the those folks if the Lions don't win today will not be watching the Super Bowl. From, se- from several people. And that's exactly. Swifties are not football fans. No.
1: They're Travis Kelsey fans right now. Sure. Worst case, they get a, a new album about them. Best right. case, their their leader, their hero
0: mm-hmm.
1: is engaged. Like, it's a win-win for Swifties right now.
0: And if, if that does happen, I do think like I know that the NFL script thing has been this theory that's been out there for a very long time and that everything is written. Like you've got to, I don't know. I, (laughs) you've got to think about the implications of if that were to actually happen to the NFL. Because the NFL is king. Viewership-wise, the NFL is king. But if, if that does happen and they know that the NFL is just going for viewership at that point, do their viewers drop off? Do NFL fans decide to switch over to like the XFL or the USFL?
1: Or just go all in on college.
0: Or just go in on college football.
1: I might, I might do that. Like, honestly, I mean, the buffs are actually like giving me something to root for for once in my adult life.
0: Right. I just really aren't right now. I just like if that actually goes down, man. I mean, I think that there is some some ground, some something to stand on with your conspiracy theory. There, I really think.
1: I really think that's what's going to happen. I think that. You think about it, man. It's in Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Brand new stadium. I mean, they they don't struggle for attendance because it's in Vegas. But brand new stadium, it's the crown jewel of NFL stadiums right now. You have Taylor Swift, who just provided a massive boom for the United States economy with her tour, with the Aeros tour. She's the biggest female star in the world. Yeah. Arguably the biggest star in the world. She's probably one of the most notable people and influential people on this planet right now. She's dating Travis Kelsey, a star in the NFL, but not not their biggest superstar, but a star. People know who Travis Kelsey is. Mm. Super Bowl, America's a hol- de facto holiday. It it just adds up way too much for me. It yeah. adds up way too much, man.
0: Yeah. I don't like I don't I don't like it. I don't like that theory at all. Oh, uh, I hate it. But go
1: Lions! <laughs> I mean, I'm rooting for the Lions because I would love nothing more than for Dan Campbell to be hoisting the Lombardi
0: Trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move to some teams that are making some moves uh, to try to be in the Super Bowl next year. There have been some coordinator changes that have gone on uh, in the last couple of days since we recorded our last episode. Um, and still, two new head coaches it's two new head coaching vacancies available for the Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and the what I'm hearing is that those both of those teams are probably going to be hiring from these playoff teams, from from the four that are remaining here. I mean, it, that's what makes the most sense. Yeah, know? like
1: I don't like know we're why all sit this long. We're almost yeah, we're all. Available
0: we're almost into February and you haven't made a decision on who your head coach is going to be. That's you. They're waiting. <laughs> they're waiting yeah. to see what happens. But a uh, couple of moves that have been made. Uh, Ken Dorsey, former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo bills uh, was fired in November from the team will replace uh, Alex van Pelt in Cleveland uh, as their offensive coordinator. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It it is interesting, and and I know that uh, Cleveland's head coach Kevin Stefanski is the team's primary play caller. So this might be a perfect role for Ken Dorsey because I'm pretty sure that that's why he got fired from Buffalo. Go 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 go!
1: Nice. Uh, we have
0: an interception by the Detroit Lions. Huge pick. Huge pick. Uh, Detroit currently up fourteen to seven. Got it down to about the twenty-five yard line. Flag on the field, but I think it's going to be after the play or after the interception. Um, so not 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 a particularly flashy move for the Cleveland Browns here, but you know it could be an improvement. We saw. Ken Dorsey was the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator for the past two seasons. So we saw a lot of fireworks out of that offense, particularly just because of their quarterback. Um, uh, Gerard Mayo head coach of the new England Patriots makes his first move. And he promotes defensive line coach to Marcus Covington to be the defensive coordinator over there. Uh, Covington's a great choice. Uh, Been around the league. Um, yeah, he's been with the Patriots for eight seasons uh, and worked very closely with Gerard Mayo. Um, you know, he's been, the, like I said, defensive line coach for four seasons, which on the defense is the anchor of your entire defense. This is a great move uh, promoting from within. I I don't think anybody can knock it. Um, no. Unbelievable hire, I think, by Gerard
1: Mayo. Um I don't love Dorsey for Cleveland because he just doesn't have Josh Allen to work with. He, yeah, who knows what's up with Deshaun. Um, I, honestly, I don't know how he's still in the league. Um, Joe Flacco is a band-aid at best, I think for Cleveland. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, yeah. I think Mayo made a great hire just by keeping that building, keeping some consistency and they know how each other operates. And mm-hmm. relationships go a very, very long way towards success. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're watching the Lions game, both of us right now, while we're while doing this. And, you know, that was one thing about that coaching staff that if you remember the hard knocks season on the Detroit Lions, that coaching staff was so incredibly close mm-hmm. that I think that has helped them in the long run. So I think that was the right hire. I think it was a great hire and good for, good for man.
0: Yeah the other news uh Joe Brady who was the interim offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills was elevated uh gotten the got the interim xed out of out of that in front of him uh this was as expected nothing crazy um you know Joe Brady received you know a lot of praise for an attack that was consistent during a Season-saving six-game winning streak for the Buffalo Bills. Um, So I think I think that this is this was a great hire for them. Not expected it or not unexpected at all uh, that he got elevated to uh, just being the offensive coordinator over there, and obviously was doing great things with Josh Allen until they got uh, kicked out by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, But the kind of big news with uh, with some Broncos implications here. On that one,
1: um, Joe Brady, brilliant offensive mind. He was the coordinator for LSU when they had Joe Burrow and that unbelievable offense the back, the best offense I've ever seen in college football. Um, I'm not sure where we should say attack while mentioning the Buffalo Bills in the same brain, um, <laughs> given their head coach. And what he apparently was uh, trying to relate, if y'all don't know the story, go look it up, about <laughs> Buffalo Bills head coach and him talking about attacks. Um, but I think it's a good hire. I think it's the right hire. He already has familiarity with Josh Allen.
0: Keep the train rolling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles make some, are making some big splashes uh, with their coordinator roles. Uh, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles were the favorite to win the NFC this season uh, and, and started – Falling near the near the end in the final six weeks, and they made some changes in the coordinator positions. Um, when there were there was a lot of rumors out there that uh, there could be there could be some moves made even at the head coaching position. Uh, but Nick Sirianni does stay on, but does make his coordinator moves. Uh, Jameer Gibbs just scampered one in for about thirty yards to put the Detroit Lions up twenty to seven. Uh, oh, you had I'd said right before we hopped on, God, I would love to have a player like Jameer Gibbs.
1: He's so fucking good. He is That's, so good.
0: Yeah. 30 yards out because Jared Goff threw him a pitch about five yards behind the line of
1: scrimmage. <laughs> and he made three dudes miss. Yes. Oh my God. He's so good.
0: I love uh, this. I love but, this for the city of Detroit. I do too. The Eagles, uh, they hire – or the the plan is to hire offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, uh, former Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, and then Vic Fangio, former head coach for the Denver Broncos, to take on the defensive coordinator role over there.
1: Yeah, you and I were texting about this um, Mm -hmm. as it all kind of unfolded. I think Sirianni made the best hires of the offseason.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: I mean, you go out, you get Kellen Moore, who is – I mean, he was great with the Chargers. He was great with the Cowboys as OC. He's had a little, a little bit of um, head coach buzz throughout every coaching cycle.
0: Yeah, I just think I, I think, think too too young. I think I think he's is why he's getting not getting the praise quite yet for the head coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, he rose through really really quick, and yeah, we, we've seen teams go against that. Whether that's you know Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. We've seen it happen. Even Sirianni is pretty young, but Kellen just, he might need a little bit more time. I think he is going to have a lot of fun working with Jalen Hurts and with pieces in that offense. And then getting Vic Fangio to call that D. I think we as Broncos fans know that Vic, while he is not a great head coach, he's like Wade Phillips. He's just an unbelievable coordinator. And you would kill to have that guy as your coordinator. So those two hires, I, I think the Eagles just—I mean, they're they're going to stay towards the favorites. I yeah. think with those two hires.
0: Yeah, on the NFC side, I mean, well, after this, we're it's going to be Eagles, Forty ers Philadelphia Eagles on the NFC. Detroit. That's what I said. Detroit. Or did I say Eagles first? I you meant, said Eagles first. Damn it! I meant Eagles, Forty ers Lions. <laughs> Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. That's right. Um, yeah, lots Campbell. lots of moves being made uh, for the coordinator positions right now. And then, like I said, still two teams that have yet to make a head coaching hire. But I think that that's going to happen. I don't know, man. I If the, if the Lions end up winning, I think these teams are still holding on. I think that Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, is a very high candidate for a head coaching role. Yeah. Um, and he should be. Yeah, yeah. What and his
1: then, offense has done this year is amazing,
0: amazing, amazing, and and he deserves to get to get hired somewhere. Um, to, you know, t- doesn't really matter where, <laughs> but I think that those two teams are holding on uh, to pick their next head coach. Let's move to the hardwood. Our Colorado Buffaloes had a few games that were being played before uh, in between episodes here for us. Our let's we'll start with our men's team. <sighs> the road momentum was definitely short-lived for the Tad Boyle-led Colorado Buffaloes, weren't they, Scotty L?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, um, that ended up being the case. You know, great win at Washington. Great win. That was probably the most complete game this, this Tad Boyle team has played all season. Really, uh, coming off a great stretch, you know, USC, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington – the team was really, really kind of clicking. Um, Wazoo is a good team. They they have the opportunity to upset some people. They're going to have more this year. I don't think it was just Colorado. Pullman's a very hard place to play, um, not because of the crowd. They I think they get like thirty five hundred fans a game. They're really not like die hard up there, which is kind of dumb because they
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've been to Pullman. There's nothing else to do in Pullman. No. <laughs> Go sit in that building, like go support your team. It's like as much as I love shitting on Nebraska, it's because there's nothing else to do in Lincoln. Like Pullman should be the same on a smaller scale. But uh, the Cougs got hot. Um, you know they shot forty five percent from field, from the field, thirty percent from three. They didn't really commit a lot of turnovers, and they they won the rebounding battle. So you know, knowing Tad, he's not going to be happy about that. But Wazoo is currently, you know, a top four team in the pack. Like, it, it isn't the worst loss. Now, what needs to happen is the buffs probably need to rattle off seven more wins throughout the yeah. remainder of the year to make the tournament. They have the chance. Um, you know, you go on the road at Utah this week or the third. I, yeah. I guess that's five days away, six days away. I don't Which know. Which is kind of a short week. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, so you go to Salt Lake. You got to win that in my eyes. Utah's average uh, this year. Then you come home and you've got the Arizonas. Arizona State and Arizona. You need to avenge that loss in Tempe in a big way mm-hmm. at home. You need to make Bobby Hurley cry. And then Arizona is very beatable. They just got beat by Oregon State on a buzzer beater. Um this weekend and tommy lloyd is not a good road coach he's not historically speaking he's not i i think we gotta win those two and then we go on the road to the la schools you gotta win those ucla is bad this year i mean bad so you gotta beat them and then you've already beat sc handled them again and you're, you're in really good shape coming down the stretch with three home games against utah the bay areas
0: those those should all be wins we should go three and oh do you think that where we finish in the pac-12 tournament is more important than where we finish during the season uh to be able to get into the tournament
1: um i really think that for us to make the tournament this year we're gonna have to be one of those top four seeds that get a buy yeah um, for vegas if not we have to be the five and run the table mm-hmm. like period um I, I think we're going to get a top four seed, barring some weirdness happening in the pack, which it always seems to happen. I mean, no one would have thought Wazoo was going to be good this year. I think they were picked like eleventh or twelfth in the coaches'
0: preseason poll or in
1: the preseason. Yeah,
0: that preseason that uh, red shirt, uh Mylon Rice, dude,
1: uh, he's a dog.
0: He, yeah, yes, redshirt freshman. A beast.
1: <laughs> Just he's tur- a beast. like
0: he, he like on defense seemed to turn away every single time we would, would start to get hot.
1: Yeah. He's a, I, I mean, he doesn't show up a lot from a points perspective. Well, I mean, I guess he had 17 against us, but he, he just wreaks havoc on the defensive side of the ball. And that's, yeah, that's so grossly important that, you know, it, it messed us up. Like mm-hmm. Hadley came back to earth this game. Don't love that. Cody didn't have himself a game. Um, he was zero for four from the field and six to seven from the line for his six points. Like you need Cody to play big. Tristan and KJ they carried the way a little bit. They 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 were fine, but yeah. you need a guy like Cody to push us over the top, especially in a road game in the Pac twelve, where it's hard to win on the road in college basketball, and it's even harder in the Pac twelve. So, it, and it sucks. But and that's like, the, they're still going to win
0: twenty. That's least. that's the thing with basketball is that like a lot of the time, just having more playing experience, especially in a road game like that, is going to be huge. And that's why KJ showed up big during this game. But mm-hmm. that's what Cody didn't. You know, it's just it's mind over matter sort of thing, and that 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 comes with experience and comes with playing more.
1: Yeah. It'll come for Cody. I'm not. I'm not worried about Cody the rest of the year. Like as long as he's healthy, he's he's going to be one of our top two players. Period. Yeah. Um, he disappeared this game. It's going to happen. He's a freshman. Like you said, it. He he's got to learn how to how to do that and power through on the road and come out with the same mentality that he has when he's at home. But overall, I mean, the Buffs they still have 16 wins, man. Like you know they're they're going to be fine. They're yeah. going to be fine on the men's side. I'm worried that we're not going to make the tournament because for some reason the the voters just aren't respecting the Pac-12 as much this year. But if we handle business the rest of the season, we win 7-8 more games, get a top 4 seed in the Pac-12 tournament, get to, you know, last four or the championship game, I think we're. At. So Yeah. Yeah,
0: it is what it is. I agree with you there. Uh, let's move to the women's side, where our CU Buffs women's team took on the Oregon Ducks today, uh, and a dominant performance, particularly in the first half, for our Colorado Buffaloes. Um, the The Buffs ended up uh, going up forty one to eight, or sorry, thirty one to eleven, in the first half. Yeah, held so. held, the, held the Ducks to a whopping three points the entire second quarter
1: yeah I think these uh these lady buffs came out pissed off after that Oregon State game that they they dropped um von Leia has really come on strong yeah in this later part of the season which is great news for the buffs because if you got Sherrod going, if you got Quay going and then you got von Le on top of that that's a really really hard team to shut down a really hard team to shut down. So I think that's massive. Um, UCLA had two losses this week. So we'll see what the voters do. I wouldn't be shocked to see the lady buffs get
0: up to number two in the country. That would be insane, man. How dope is that? Even if like number three in the country is fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. Number three is incredible. Like it's just, it doesn't even feel like we're talking about the buffs right now because we're just not used to a revenue generating sport being this good. And they are. They, I mean, Jalen Sherrod is an all American. She, she should be a first round pick.
0: Pause real quick. I can't hear the game, but I know for a fact they're talking about Ben Johnson getting uh head coaching looks because they yep. just brought up a whole thing that Jared Goff just talked about how awesome Ben Johnson is. So anyways, continue.
1: Oh, yeah. He's going to get a head coaching role, and he would be great for the Seahawks.
0: Oh, yeah. I think he'd be perfect for Seattle. He'd be
1: perfect for Seattle. Um, I hope he doesn't go to Washington. But the Lady Buffs are, are playing great basketball, man. And they I think they're either going to hold Pat at three mm-hmm. or get bumped up to two. Stanford's been playing really great, especially since their loss to Colorado here in Boulder. Um, so I could see Stanford making a pretty big jump. And... There's Stanford. They, they've they been playing dominant basketball. They, a, a jump would be deserved. It would be. But Colorado's just played at a higher level all year, and they have beat Stanford head-to-head. Um, that being said, the Cardinal are still leading women's basketball for the Pac-12 with the Colorado Buffaloes right behind them. I don't see any way that the Lady Buffs drop out of the top five. They're, yeah. they're just... They're too consistent. There was too many losses from top five teams this week in the world of college basketball on the women's side that the Lady Buffs are just going to continue to either stand pad or climb. And we're going to gear up for a, what hopefully and should be a deep March run. Yeah. And I wonder how this team will be next year because you lose Sherrod, um, you lose Quay, Like,
0: they're, they're out of eligibility. But here's where here's where I think that having the coach that we have really comes into play. And I just want to point to something that J.R. Payne did say. He, she said that our conference is so good. You have to have a short memory because the next team can beat you. Um, so I just think that that mentality, regardless of who she brings in, is going to lead to a lot of wins for this program moving forward. And – you, yes, you're losing top players like that, but having the rank and having the run, hopefully, that we end up having in the NCAA tournament is going to bring recruits here that already have the talent. It's just who can put it together to make a national championship run.
1: It should, and I hope it does. Um, NIL is still a factor, even in the women's game. Right. It is, you know, UCLA they're they're ranked number two but they they got lauren betts to transfer from stanford if you don't think there was a bag dropped on that there was um they brought in a great recruiting class usc their women's side they got the number one overall women's recruit if you don't think there was a bag dropped on that there was like it is still a factor in the women's game and cu it, it's well noted we are behind in the nil space we are we have two collectives we have buffs for life and we have fifty four thirty. Fifty four thirty is exclusively for football but you know, if you want dominance throughout all of them, if you want dominance on the men's basketball, women's basketball, and football, NIL has to come into play. You got to yeah. play that game. It, it sucks. It's the way of the world, though. So get get on board or get off.
0: If I if we ever make it big doing this podcast, I would wholeheartedly agree with you on throw in ten percent of our earnings to. The NIL collective that CU has,
1: thousand percent, thousand percent. I would do that. Like, why? Why not? It's a nonprofit, so you know the tax benefits there. Wink, wink. And we we want the buffs to be good. I I think you and I want the buffs to be as dominant in everything as
0: humanly possible. Right. That's our school. That is our school. Fuck it. Fifty percent. I don't care. It'd be more more news for us as long as we could do this for a living. That would be that would be amazing.
1: Boss Nation, listen tight. We we got this. Y'all just need (laughs) support. Y'all gotta tune in. Give us some sponsor deals.
0: Because I mean, honestly, like if like if if you're making it big, let's say you're making five hundred thousand dollars as a podcast. What's the difference between making that much and you and I giving two hundred fifty thousand of it away? You know what I mean? Country club membership for me. <laughs> Your golf membership. See, I'm fine giving that away.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I love golf. <laughs> I love my balls, but ooh, that's, you're really tugging at both of my heartstrings on that one. <laughs> that's tough. Um, real quick on, on news in the front range. Did you see the uh, border war for men's basketball?
0: Uh, for CSU and Wyoming? Yeah, I did. Yes, what a collapse from oh, Little my, Brother! Oh my god, man, the
1: second largest collapse in NCAA history with a minute remaining. The Colorado State Rams were up 11 points with a minute to go and lost in overtime to oh, the pokes.
0: I, what the hell is going on in for fun, dude? It's honestly so baffling to me that CSU continues to be ranked because I just don't think what? That, I I couldn't tell you I they they ended the weekend at ranked twenty fourth they're obviously going to not be on there anymore after this loss to Wyoming the eleven and nine Wyoming Cowboys um, but yeah like the Cowboys just made magic happen
1: I. I mean, Go Pokes. Like I, I've always been like kind of a quasi Wyoming fan. I, I just always liked them as like the underdog, and they don't really affect the buffs at all. So why not cheer for the Cowboys? Yeah, but
0: oh it, interesting. God, interesting. From this is that Wyoming is the fifth team ever to win when down by eleven or more points with less than a minute remaining. Ever.
1: Oh, that's so bad for little brother as they continue their skid. I mean, there are five losses now on the season and a good amount of those have come for them in conference play. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think we saw cracks in this team early on, Um, whether that was, you know, the Colorado game. I I think the Buffs should have won that game if we had just put together even a a half of a half, Mm -hmm. like, if we put together 75% of a game, we win that game because we dominated that second half of play. Um, basically, if Cody had realized that he is him <laughs> earlier in that game, like we win that game. Um, honestly, they should have lost to like, dub Washington. They should have lost to DU. DU has an incredible basketball team right now, by the way. They, they are going to make the tournament. I would be stunned if DU does not make the March Madness tournament.
0: Would love They're it. They're
1: killing it. They are killing it. But then they lost to St. Mary's. Okay. They beat CSU Pueblo. whoop fucking do there. Great job. (laughs) Um, But then they, you know, they start conference play, and they lose to Utah State at Utah State. They lose to Boise State at Boise State. They should have lost to Air Force. Didn't lose to Air Force, luckily. They barely beat UNLV. Then they lose to Nevada. Now they lose to Wyoming. The cracks are there, and this team, I think, Unfortunately for the buffs, because of how March Madness works and the quad one versus quad two wins losses and how that affects the actual tournament and the bubble and all that. The Rams are falling off in a big way, and I think that sucks for us because then that loss is going to look like a bad loss when in reality at the time it wasn't right. It it just that's what pisses me off about this, but. If anyone out there is still thinking that Isaiah Stevens is a better guard than KJ Simpson, he's not.
0: Think again. He's not.
1: KJ's a beast. KJ's a dog. KJ's the only reason this boss team is still even on the bubble because he kept the ship afloat while Tristan and Cody were out. He led us to win single-handedly. So let's let's just stop that argument. They're a little brother, and they're probably going to lose to San Diego State this week
0: it's and like I as just a Colorado sports fan I want to root for all of the Colorado teams but I just can't do it for the Rams man no because you know why Rams fans are also Husker
1: fans <laughs> like they they are it's a weird f- it's a weird little incestual thing they got going on of like, okay, my Power Five team, because I couldn't get into a Power Five school. No, I shouldn't say that. Sorry, Rams fans. But my Power Five team, since the Rams will never be Power Five, is going to be the Corn Huskers.
0: Because mm. I can't root for Boulder. Because I can't and root for like, Boulder. Yeah.
1: Really? So you root for Scott Frost or Matt Rule or name a Husker? Like, you're going to root for that? <laughs> You're going to root for them up north? Okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, the, Dylan Riola. Yeah, like that kid's going to flame out. I cannot wait. I think <laughs> Travis gets three picks on him. I think Travis takes three from him. If he's dumb enough to throw to that side of the field. Would do probably play is Nebraska? Nebraska.
0: That, do we play in Nebraska this year? Yeah, we're in Lincoln. Ah.
1: They're, and we're like their second game. We
0: should go to that game.
1: Um, Ethan and I have already been talking about it, and I am very down. We can make it a whole thing.
0: We, can Ooh, make we it should vlog. Like we should rent like a. Uh, it's also like our. It's also our second game. We we start our season Saturday, August thirty first, August against the North Dakota State Bison. Hate that. Per, hate that per, so much. Perennial champions.
1: Hate that so much. <laughs> But they lost both their defensive coordinator – or they lost their head coach and their offensive coordinator this offseason. So that's good for us. Um,
0: Sucks for them. But I don't don't like
1: Bison on Buffalo
0: violence. I don't like that. I I do not love how our season shakes out. We have not talked about this yet. Let's go there. So our our Colorado – Yeah, our Colorado football schedule released on – Probably a long time ago, but and so we are bad podcasters for not talking about it. We take on the North Dakota State Bison at home, and then we go to Memorial Stadium to take on the Huskers, and then we travel to Fort Collins to take on the Colorado State Rams.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then we go to Arizona. Fine, fine, fine. Then we go to Arizona. Then here's where it gets stupid. We have the Utah Utes, Baylor Bears, Oklahoma State Cowboys, Kansas State Wildcats, Cincinnati Bearcats, and uh, all at home. Yeah. Then we finish our season on the road against the Kansas Jayhawks, Texas Tech Raiders, and UCF Knights.
1: Yeah. um, One good thing is the Big 12 has not officially released, like, dates yet, so I'm hoping that this gets shuffled because for us to go one one home, three road, Then five home. Five home. Then three more road is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And even then, Kansas, granted, that may be a quote-unquote neutral site because they're doing renovations on their stadium. Mm -hmm. So rumblings are it might get moved to Arrowhead. But still, like, if we're on the road that much, that's fucked. That's so bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, to just have that many games at home, man, like that just seems wild to me. All in a row like that, the city of Boulder wouldn't be able to function. No,
1: students would just be drunk for five weeks straight.
0: <laughs> it would be so bad, especially
1: if we're rolling like you and I are both thinking the Buffs will do next year. Because our way, my way too early is we start off confer- non-con out of conference three and zero.
0: Yeah. That's the dream
1: North Dakota state should be a win. It should be. Um, I hate to admit it, but Lincoln is probably the hardest of the three, but I think we go in there and we win. We have Shador. We have Travis. We have a seasoned team. They're going to be starting true freshman Dylan Rayola at quarterback. And I, I I don't think he's that guy. I don't Mm -hmm. like, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he is the number one quarterback from this last year's class. Um, Plus, who's he going to be throwing the ball to? They don't have a receiver room. They're trash. Right. So I think we get that tough. Um At Colorado State, that one scares me just because they, they what happened throw this us. year. Yeah. Yeah, it's their Super Bowl. Um, I I don't want anything dumb to happen, and they have a player on their roster who's proven that it's okay to do dumb things. <laughs> I would really like for that not to happen this year, but Jiffy Lube J doesn't have a lot of class. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Arizona, it'll be interesting to see how that hire shook, shakes out with uh, Brett Brennan coming over from the SJSU.
0: Yeah. And, um, and they are a ton of transfers out of Arizona too. It's going to be but, a completely different team than what we played. But not their biggest players. Right. Stayed, I know. They're McBeal all staying. Stayed. I know. I know. I know. So – that
1: one I can see in L. I'll, I'll just tentatively, like, we still have so much to go through. We still got spring ball. We got the second transfer window coming in. Like, the the team that we have in Boulder right now isn't even the team that we're going to start the season with. There's still going to be more movement. So, and same with Arizona. Like, Fafita and McMillan could go through camp and be like, I, I don't like this offense. I don't like this coach. I can make more NIL elsewhere. Like, they could bounce. So mm-hmm. it, it's... This is all conjecture at this point, but I, I'll chalk that up as an L as everything stands right now. Um, home against Utah, you know Cam Rising's back. That's tough. Yeah. Um, but they're coming into Boulder, so it's more of a toss-up. Let's go L. Baylor's a dub. Oklahoma State, I think that's a tough game, but a dub. Kansas State, a uh, tough game. I'll go. You know, I'll go dub. They lost Colin Klein. Their their OC um he went down to Texas A&M and I think he was a major part of their success there. So let's call out a dub Cincinnati's terrible, that's a win. At Kansas, they have a habit of upsetting good teams. So watch out there. I hope that I just,
0: UCF should be wins. I hope that's gets this gets shaken up. Schedule-wise, it does say you know all these times are to be announced. The only ones that are set in stone are the first three games. So we'll see how this ends up shaking out. But and and we'll dive more into it as we get closer to the season. Obviously, we still have the the later um, recruiting and transfers can still happen. So still a lot of time to see how these rosters end up shaking out for for all of these programs, but for particularly for our Colorado Buffaloes. Um, The Detroit Lions just kind of floundered a little bit as they got down near the red zone, um, ended up kicking a field goal. The Lions will go up at halftime 24 to seven. Makes me so happy. How much of this nation do you think is going to be a Detroit Lions fan heading into Super Bowl week?
1: Everyone else outside of the terrible states of Missouri and Kansas.
0: Yeah. I think I would agree with you, man. I I think that everybody wants a Detroit Lions win for the story, but if we end up uh, going off of uh, your tinfoil hat conspiracy, then it's going to be a Kansas City Chiefs victory, unfortunately.
1: Dude, I I hope that's not what happens, but I also don't think the Chiefs should even be here right now. And, yeah, I, I just can see it because the script's fucking been there.
0: Sure. Sure. It's been there. Well, anything else that you'd like to add before we sign off?
1: Um, yeah. Av's made an interesting move since we last spoke, uh, bringing in a player that I hated for a very long time in Zach Parisi. Um mm. They signed him to a one-year deal, um, just bolstering our, our depth scoring, honestly, because we need it. Um, Ryan Johansson. Johansson has not really panned out like we were expecting him to. So, you know, you want to add some pieces there. And uh, Parisi used to be an elite scorer. He was a great wing for a long, long period of time, both with, um, God, I think he started his career in New Jersey with the Devils, and then he ended up signing with the uh, Minnesota Wildest. He is from Minnesota, which is why I hated him. Um, Has most recently been with the New York Islanders. Game may be a little bit past him now, but I think playing in our system with the talent and the speed that we have around us versus what the Islanders do, um, that could end up being a very, very good signing for the Avs, and the best part about it is the Wilder basically paying in to play for us. So if it hurts Minnesota, that's great with me. Also, just real quick. I think I, think that,
0: I think that that adds a uh, – like like, kind of where we have faltered for the Avs is like our um, lack of secondary scoring, and Parisi is, if anything, a scorer. That's what yeah. he's always so, been able to do. So
1: if he if he adds a couple goals here and there, I think it's a great signing. I mean, it's one year eight seventy five, which by pro pro contracts, that's nothing. So
0: Yeah.
1: Low risk, high reward there. Um the only other thing I wanted to touch on quickly was just Joel Embiid ducking Joker again.
0: Doesn't want to play him.
1: He's afraid, man.
0: Undisclosed injury. 3 Joel Embiid B didn't yeah. want to play the Joker.
1: We're fucking joke. Like you know, this whole thing about Joker had to go out and prove himself by winning a chip. But all Embiid has to do by, to prove himself is beat Nikola once in Philly. It, it's a joke to me. It is an absolute joke. And, you know, clips the, clips today have been circulating about a, it was when Prime met with the 76ers. The 76ers asked to meet him when they were in town earlier in the year. And there was a clip of Prime calling out Embiid, basically being like, "Yo, people are paying to watch you play Joker. Like everyone wants to see that. That's dog on dog." I would love to hear what Prime said about that, like ducking him again because
0: this is bad look, dude. This is um, Joel Embiid's fourth straight road game against the Nuggets that he has evaded would probably be the word that I'd use here.
1: It's because if there is one big man, one in the NBA that would make Embiid look like a fraud, yeah, it is the Joker. Right. And Embiid's an amazing player. Amazing player. He's not Joker yet. is not Nikola. He will never be Jokic. And he knows
0: that. So he ducks him like a coward. And it's just... He probably like he's why people hate the NBA. He makes a difference in that game too. Like the the Nuggets win pretty handily. Joel Embiid would make a difference there. I just I truly think that he's basically playing for MVP status and doesn't yeah, want to get embarrassed by Jokic.
1: That's exactly what's going on and I think he understands that Jokic is better. Mm-hmm. Like I think he knows it, and he's afraid to do it. But this is a guy that dropped, dropped what seventy like last week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Nuggets Nuggets only win by six. If you're sitting there telling me that Embiid doesn't have a six point swing,
0: he does. He does. Yeah, he, he's you help he's your team by player. playing. Like <laughs> he's a good player. He's number one in the MVP voting right now, and I truly think that he ducked this because. It, joker's right behind him at number two in the mvp race and that if he loses to you to joke jokic sorry if joker <laughs> then he loses the mvp entirely yep. and he knows it
1: yeah and it's i i would be curious to see if his contract has like a fat bonus for winning mvp
0: oh i'm sure it does
1: it has to Mm -hmm. that would be the only logical reason is he wants to win it because then he gets more money. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm never going to hate on someone for getting a bag, but I'll hate on you for sitting out and not doing your job. Right. Like, especially when it's, you know, going against the other guy that's competing for you for that, which that speaks to your competitive level also of like, if you're too afraid to play the second best or the guy that's right on your heels, you ain't a dog. Right. You ain't a dog. Yeah. So I, I wanted to just talk about that because, what a joke, man! Yeah, this is why is. people hate the
0: NBA. No, this I know.
1: Yeah. This right here is why.
0: Yeah, that's why like, they. That's why the. That's why the NHL's viewership numbers are going like this, going up while the uh, NBAs are going down. Well, NHL, you don't see guys sit out. They'll play with a right. They'll play with a broken bone. Like, You'll see dudes spit up blood and face. get back out on the ice.
1: They'll go get stitched up for ten minutes in the back and finish the game out. Yes, like
0: it's just different.
1: It's they're built different, man. They're (laughs) built different, and it sucks because the NBA could be such a great league. Like I, I love basketball, and I cannot stand watching the NBA. Mm -hmm. I can't. And I think watch endless women's games. I will watch men's games. I was locked in on that South Carolina LSU women's game last week. Unbelievable game, like. I, I don't get this in the NBA of the rest culture and cowering up from other crates. Like, do you think Michael Jordan would have done that? Do you think Kobe would have done that?
0: Absolutely not. You see
1: these guys do it all the time. Now it's fucking soft. Yeah, it's it's it terrible. is.
0: It is. Well, right on, everybody. Well, thank you so much for giving us another listen on this very special Monday's episode of Out of Office Bros. We'll be out of office again next Friday and in your ear holes. For immediate assistance, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. And please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and pretty, pretty please, tell everybody that you know. Best, the Out of Office Bros. Scobuffs. Boycott opening day. Go Lions! Dan Campbell.